Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s, your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts, my name's Chris Alvick. And I'm Connor Thompson. And we are here to bring you an awesome week from the 90s. Uh, before we do that though, I just want to take one second to thank the people out there who aren't Connor and me. Big shout out to iTunes Canada who are currently featuring us in their new and noteworthy section. I don't know what we've done to deserve this. Nothing. But as a Canadian, and all I can say is, we're not worthy. Huge thanks to our friends and family who gave us the first couple dozen downloads. I was probably four of those. I might have been a couple too. We're going to be dropping our social media stuff at the end of this. So if you want to get in touch with us, if you have any comments, if you have any feedback, let us know. And I guess other than that, we're just going to get right into the episode. We're doing January 15th to 21st, 1999. Starting out on a high note, January 15th, an article ran in the LA Times titled HIV vaccine said to be effective. I don't think that happened. Ooh. That's okay. In actual good news, January 16th, article in the New York Times states, Internet stock skyrockets 474% in initial offer. Spoiler alert, dot-com bubble burst about two years later. Most of these companies went belly up and out of business. Shout out to websites I used to know, used to love, Two Cows, Angel Fire, GeoCities. I miss my first GeoCities site I made in eighth grade. Good stuff. It's about Pokemon cards. All right, what's uh, January 17th? January 17th. Oh, no. Rapper Old Dirty Bastard was arrested on a charge of attempted murder after a shootout with New York police. The only Holy comment fuck. I have to add there is that uh, the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. January 18th. I'm reading this title verbatim. Let's party Minnesota, governor says. Imagine you've just been elected governor of Minnesota and you hold an inaugural ball. Maybe you're going to wear, I don't know, a suit, a tux perhaps. Back to the article. The governor arrived on Saturday night wearing pink wraparound sunglasses, a bandana on his bald head, three earrings, and a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt. For those of you who don't know, the governor in question at this time was none other than Jesse the Body Ventura, former wrestler, former actor, and now former governor. January 19th, Boris Yeltsin's doctors are to decide after tests on Wednesday whether to operate on his bleeding ulcer his chief doctor said today. What is funny about that? It's Boris Yeltsin. It's uh, the fact that he's having surgery on something that isn't his, like, liver is... A little, little off topic, but very, very much on topic. Boris Yeltsin. So in 99, oh, sorry, in 2009, Bill Clinton told this story about how in 95, when Yeltsin was visiting the White House, they found him outside in front of the White House trying to hail a cab in his underpants because he wanted some pizza. I would think at the White House, there's got to be some staffers. Like, you shouldn't have to go out for pizza. You just tell a dude, like, hey, man. There's a pizza guy. Order me some Domino's. Oh, no, this was before Domino's did their uh, new recipe. Oh, well, okay. Maybe some Pizza Hut? Oh, I love Pizza Hut. January 20th. The Chinese news service announces restrictions, including control of news and information on the internet, often referred to as the Great Firewall of China, which blacklists thousands of websites. That sucks. That's right. If you're in China, you can't access a lot of stuff. Probably can't access this podcast. January 21st. In one of the largest drug busts in American history, the U.S. Coast Guard intercepts a ship with over 9,500 pounds of cocaine headed for Houston. Those Texans love their cocaine. Every Evidently. A couple more points to hit just on the week overall. These weren't associated with any day in particular, but definitely worth mentioning. So after his very first week of hosting Comedy Central's The Daily Show, we found out in this week that Jon Stewart 
averaged 595,000 viewers a night, which made it the highest rated week in the series history. Jon Stewart redefined Muse in a way this was the beginning. This was his first week in a very ill-fitting suit. Also this week, before 100 members of the U.S. Senate, Republican House prosecutors opened their impeachment case against President Bill Clinton, alleging a pattern of perjury and obstruction of justice that they said could be bolstered by live testimony from key witnesses in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Oh man. I think he's gonna be okay though. One thing that really confused me back then, I, I was 10 at this point, and all this talk about impeachment, there there weren't a lot of peaches around. I White House that, wasn't even in Georgia. Yeah, I was really confused as a 10 year old about what was going on. Like, Is this just a terrible joke? No, no, this was straight up. I'm <laughs> oh like, God. peaches? What? Impeach men? What are they gonna do? Like, are they gonna throw peaches at him? We're Canadian. All right, on to movies and music. Let's start with movies first. All right, number one was Varsity Blues, a football movie. Number two. Oh, Patch Adams. That's right, featuring Robin Williams. As a doctor, as a comedian, as a hero. Uh, you've got mail! Oh, oh my god! Oh, that's so Meg good. Meg Ryan. That's, uh, that's Tom Hanks. Number seven. Oh, A Bug's Life? Oh, yeah. That's... Mighty Joe Young, Shakespeare in Love. Decent week overall. Star uh, Trek Insurrection. At 17. Rush Hour was in theaters. Whoa! We're, we're way down the list of this. Alright, onto the Billboard Hot 100. At the top is Brandy with Have, Have You, you Ever. ever. This poses a wonderful question. Have you ever loved somebody so much they made you cry? I've been wondering that since 1999. Maybe I'll never find the answer. Okay. Hold the phone. Number four, I need a moment of silence. You're not ready. Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Oh! This was the beginning. This was game-changing. This was her first single. This was... Britney Mania. <laughs> this song changed me. Like, there was an awakening. Can oh you God. feel it? I feel like this is going somewhere inappropriate. No, no, not even. I'm just talking about Britney Spears as a cultural icon. There are so much things I can say about Britney. I'm going to leave that for another time because that probably needs a good half an episode for it. I just want to say this is the beginning of something big. An angel on this earth if there ever was one. Britney Spears, thank you. Wow. Moving down the list. Ugh, 98 Degrees is on here. Yeah, they are. Whatever happened to them? Uh, Nick Lachey, Mary Jessica Simpson, the end. Frosted tips went out, so did they. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherries at number eight. Uh, there's a band you've never heard of, but if you heard this song, you would know it. I love this song. Uh, 14, we've got Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls, an awesome band. Third Eye Blind is Jumper. on here. Oh, Jumper's good. Jumper's a good song. I listened to that the other day. Will Smith. Number Miami. Number 30. This is on its way up. What did it peak at? Eight. Number 8. Not quite where it should be, but God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You by NSYNC. That song is deep. Oh, wow. Canadian shout out to Bare Naked Ladies who are actually on this list twice. Once at 36 and once down the list. I'm not scrolling that far down. Yeah, One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. A greatish song. It's, it's alright. Hey, hey, Weird Al covered this song. It is a great song. And it must be if Weird Al covered it. His song was called Jerry Springer. I know it because I remember the line, it's been one week since we got to see cheating lovers and cousins that marry. Your knowledge <laughs> of Weird Al is, uh... My first CD was Weird Al's Running With Scissors. Am I proud of that? Yes. Did I get made fun of a lot because of that? Also, yes. Actually. I'm not ready to reveal my first CD yet, uh... I don't know if I'm ready for that level of commitment with the podcast. Stick around a few more weeks and maybe I'll let that one drop. We're going to move on to a new segment. Uh, we're calling it Where Were They Then? 
we're going to talk about somebody who you may know of now and just what they were doing in 1999. As we mentioned earlier, Varsity Blues was the number one movie this week at the box office. In one of his first roles, a 10-year-old Jesse Plemons had a small little part in this movie. Varsity Blues is, of course, a story about a high school football team set in a fictional small town in Texas. Jesse Plemons, as you may or may not know, went on to be involved in the last season of Breaking Bad as Todd. Uh, you might remember that son of a bitch. Um, and <laughs> he's cool. in the current season of Fargo. And, of course, you probably know him if you watch that show, Friday Night Lights, a show about a high school football team set in a fictional small town in Texas. What we're saying is that Jesse Plemons has no range. Except when he was acting as Todd. That son of a bitch. You motherfucker. <laughs> Moving on, let's get into our 90s spotlight. This is the most excited I've been about anything we've discussed on the podcast yet. This is the hungriest I've been because I can't eat Disney movies. Oh my god. Today's 90s spotlight is on Lunchables. That's right. Do you remember Let being a kid in. in the 90s? Do you remember having a lunch packed for you in two seconds? It was a Lunchables, more than likely. Every time I went to the grocery store, I wanted Lunchables more than anything. Get me 10 of them, I'll be fine for tomorrow. Lunchables were great. It was originally, I think, just a way for Oscar Mayer to just ditch a bunch of lunch meat and like, just sell a bunch of bologna. I miss Lunchables. Uh, I, mean, I guess we could still buy them, but I'd probably need to buy at least four to make a, a half-decent meal. Uh, what were your favorite Lunchables? <laughs> I like how we're actually considering this. I think my favorite Lunchable, I was all about the pizza lunch. I was all about the pizza Lunchables. That would have been my favorite, except when we were looking this up a few minutes ago, you mentioned something. The taco Lunchable. Oh, the taco one. So questionable. The weird-ass ground beef. Ugh. The tortilla, I have no complaints about. What was there? Some cheese product? I don't think they could legally call it cheese. We have somewhere in this highlighted what they had to refer to their cheese oh. as. Oh, here it is. For example, the cheese used in pizza Lunchables is a, quote, pasteurized processed mozzarella cheese product like grandma used to use again i'd still eat a lunchable right now currently lunchables offers 26 different varieties of meal combinations which include crackers pizzas small hot dogs god those ones are gross small hamburgers nachos subs and wraps the sub do you remember when they came with Capri Sun? Oh, that was dangerous. Do you remember the thin little straw that they included? If you broke that straw, you were boned. In 1997, Lunchables came under fire for having high saturated fat and sodium content while being marketed as a healthy children's meal. For example, a single serving of ham and Swiss Lunchables contained 1,780 milligrams of sodium, which is 47% of the recommended daily allowance for an adult. Just to cut in, do you remember Lunchables ever actually being marketed as a a healthy lunch no i remember kids on skateboards with capri suns hey kids here's garbage you love it Eat oh it. god i did that's all they needed regarding the shift toward more salt sugar and fattened meals for kids jeffrey bible former ceo of philip morris which owned craft foods at the time now let's just pause there for a second before we even get to this fantastic quote. Philip Morris is a cigarette company, a tobacco manufacturer. One of the biggest in the world. They're borderline Satan. I would say that they're worse than Gaston. Ooh. Okay. So one more time, regarding the shift toward more salt, sugar, and fat meals for kids, Jeffrey Bible, former CEO of Philip Morris, prior owner of Kraft Foods, remarked that he read an article that said, quote, if you take Lunchables apart, the most healthy item in it is the napkin. This bothers me for one reason. I don't remember a napkin. Yeah, I don't think we ever got napkins Did in Did I Canada. eat the napkin? I do not recall a napkin. And here in Canada, we, uh, we also had 
competition to the Lunchables. I don't know if you had this in the States. I am not sure. We had Lunch Mate. They had their own bologna. They had their own pizza one. It was okay. Oh my god. Listen to this garbage. As of 2007, eight variety Lunchables are considered sensible solution products. The brand has since excluded the exceptionally unhealthy items. By doing so, the brand has replaced Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Cola, Nestle Crunch Bars, M&M's, and Kool-Aid Jammers with low-calorie and sugar options such as Airheads, which is definitely a candy, Fruit Cups, and Tropical Punch-flavored Kool-Aid Mix. Going for that health. Oh, you're welcome, kids. That unrelenting display of uh, corporate love, I think, is a good segue into our sponsor. Uh, again, we don't have an actual sponsor for this because this is the third week of the podcast. Week three. But hey, if, again, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. Uh, we'll we'll hawk your wares. We'll hawk your wares. What's our sponsor this week? Did we discuss this? Damn it. We came up with a sponsor. Did we write it down? I don't know. This week's podcast is brought to you by Powerball. On January 16th, 99, a $67 million jackpot was won. Adjusted for inflation, this would be over $95 million in uh, U.S. money 2016. Or $10 billion Canadian. Anyway, thanks to Powerball for the uh, sponsorship. All right, now on to social media. A couple things we'd like to bring up. We're getting our we're getting our shit together now. Now that we have people listening, we have a Facebook page. If you go on Facebook and look up Stuck in the Nineties, you can find us. Yeah, take a look at that. Our iTunes page is out there. Uh, feel free to drop us a rating if you'd like. That would be awesome. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Also, we are on Twitter. I am at Chris Alfick. C-H-R-I-S-E-L-P-H-I-C-K. And I am at Connor J. Thompson. Two N's and an O. You can figure the rest out. Yeah, if you go to our if you go to our Facebook page, just look up Stuck in the 90s. We'll post links to that on there. We also have a website. Oh yeah. Stuck in the 90s podcast.com. Chris did the website. It is It's okay. I pretty nineties. I threw it together pretty quickly. It's good stuff. Oh, we also have an Instagram, Stuck in the 90s Podcast. I haven't uploaded any pictures, but you can expect our first upload to be a photograph of a box of Dunkaroos. Either that or uh, this picture of Gaston I posted on our Facebook. Hashtag Stuck in the 90s. He looks menacing. Oh, and guess what we have this week? Oh, yeah. We dug it out. We have the Game of Life spinny wheel, so you don't, have to, you don't have to wait in the dark to know what week we're doing next week. Connor, give the wheel a spin, because it's close to you. Uh... Are you guys ready for this? I feel like there's a lot of anticipation right now. Yeah. Oh, okay, that was a practice. Screw it up. Screw it up. All right. Gonna position it better now. You ready? Ready? Oh, my God. This is the least satisfying wheel. Let me see if I can get a better one. That broke it a little bit. Came off kilter. However, I think we're good. All right. Next week, we will be doing 1991. 91. All right. We'll see you next week. Stuck in the 90s. If you have any comments or suggestions or just want to chit chat, stuck in the 90s podcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let's be pals. Yeah. Send us some feedback. Whatever. That's all I got for you. All right. uh, We will see you next week in 1991. Catch you then.